0: Welcome to Newland Nutrition, the podcast. I'm your host, Emily Johnson, founder of Blue Girl Wellness and certified holistic nutritionist. This podcast was created to inspire, educate, and motivate holistic nutritionists just getting started on their business journey. Think of me as your wellness biz bestie, and I'm guiding you through the different ventures you can explore in the health and wellness space by interviewing established health professionals who make a living doing what they love. If they can do it, so can you. Now, let's get into the episode. share with you this episode today. I interviewed my friend Meg Day Young. She's such a light in the health and wellness community, especially in Vancouver. She is a registered holistic nutritionist, regenerative gardener, and whole foods recipe creator. You must follow her on Instagram. Her recipes are all plant-based, whole food focused, and they look so amazing. I've definitely experimented with a few of them and every single one of them have turned out incredible. Meg went to UBC and got her bachelor's of kinesiology and from there went to CSNN in 2016 to become a holistic nutritionist. She now lives in a 250-square-foot cabin that her partner Luke built on Salt Spring Island in BC. Meg specializes in gut health, hormone balancing, and increasing energy levels. Meg helps to revolutionize our food system by educating people on how to grow their own food and why getting more connected to where their food comes from can have a huge impact not only on their own health, but also the health of the whole world around them. Meg provides one-on-one nutrition coaching, hosts educational yet fun nutrition workshops, and runs an online monthly membership nutrition program called Next Level Nourished. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and let me know what you think. Here we go. Uh, Yeah, I was... uh...
1: I was drawn drawn towards nutrition. I mean, even such a, a young age, I've always been just super interested in health and and healthier foods. Uh, maybe than the average like younger younger kid, but um, I was by no means <laughs> super healthy. Uh, but yeah, when I was um, in in high school, actually, I um, was diagnosed with quite a bad eating disorder. So I'd I'd always kind of struggled throughout high school, even though like being interested in healthy food, it was just a, a really big challenge um, to to kind of go through all of that. And um, I think it definitely led me down the path I'm on because I wasn't getting the help and support I needed from my doctor to really understand nutrition and, and, um, outside of Toronto. Um, and, but I'd always been kind of called to the West coast. So I, I took a big jump and and just decided, you know, at the age of 18, like, Hey, I'm going to go to UBC, move to Vancouver. Um, and it was honestly one of the best decisions I've ever made. And I studied, yeah, kinesiology, as you mentioned there. Um, at UBC, And that was super good because it definitely did give me like, you know, like a, a whole new idea about like health and the human body and anatomy and physiology. Um, however, it was like, I was still kind of like, you know what, like I don't, I, I wasn't lit up by any of the traditional, you know, career paths um, that a lot of my classmates uh, in kinesiology were going on to do. But um, I'd heard of a friend um, who who actually studied at this school, CSNN, that I went to, a uh, Canadian School of Natural Nutrition and and I looked into it and I was like you know what like this sounds perfect for me like I love health so much and I also um yeah, I just I I really wanted to like kind of further my studies and and understand nutrition more for my own body because I still felt like, you know, I'd I'd really recovered from my eating disorder, but I still didn't actually know what healthy really meant. Um, and and it was kind of all history from there. Like from pretty much like the third day in my in school, I was just like, oh my goodness, like I love this so much. And and I was just so lit up the whole time I was studying and and learning everything I did.
0: I know, isn't it? going to nutrition school the best thing ever. I say that to everyone. I'm like I this is the best decision ever. Even if you don't want to work in this industry, you definitely should just go and learn and learn about all these things that we should know, but you're just not taught them growing up. So, I'm so glad you just shared us your story and it all makes sense and um yeah, I think that your story is beautiful and how you decided to take health into your own hands and yeah, like like I said, like no one knows we don't grow up learning these essential nutrition facts and topics. So we're kind of just like thrown out there, On our own to learn about our bodies and our, you know, the food that we're eating, and so finding a program like Holistic Nutrition School and going is such a good idea. So if anyone's listening and thinking of changing careers, I definitely would recommend, (laughs) and I'm sure Meg would too.
1: A hundred percent. Yeah, and it's so true. And I always tell like clients and and uh, things like that, like people I work with, where it's like it's okay that you're really confused and have no idea what to eat because we're not taught this in school, even though it's probably the single most important thing we and all be
0: learning so 100% agree with that oh my goodness so yeah. yeah so good for you for following your passion um so as a freshly graduated nutritionist what are some things that you learned and what would you recommend for someone who just graduated like what they should focus their energy on do you think having one-on-one clients is essential right when you graduate Or do you think that you can venture into other areas?
1: Yeah, that's a really good question, and I would definitely say it's so dependent on the person. Um, I know for myself, I I was actually quite hesitant even after I graduated. Right away, I uh, went traveling for five months um, through South America and India and things like that because I was just kind of like, you know what? I actually was thinking maybe I'd go back to school for naturopathy after after nutrition school, and and I wasn't feeling called or like ready to start, you know, working one on one with people. Mm-hmm. Um, But then there was—it was actually with with a lot of encouragement from my mom, my best friend, and uh, my boyfriend at the time, Luke. Um, I guess he's still now my partner. Um, (laughs) But but yeah, they were all just like, Megan, you loved school so much, like and and learning nutrition, and like they're like, you you really need to like pursue this career path. Mm -hmm. Um, But but yeah, I would say it just is so dependent on. Uh, how how each individual person who's finishing school is feeling, and I definitely don't think there's you know a clear cookie cutter way that it's like yes you need one on one clients. Uh, however, I would say if you, if someone is listening and who's similar to me who's like a bit hesitant but you did really love studying it, it's like sometimes you just do need that little push. And and I know a lot of people do think working one on one with people is kind of like one of the scariest parts of the job, but like it's also like the most like one of the most rewarding and beautiful thing so i'd say like definitely you know push yourself out of your comfort zone to take that leap but it's it's not like you you can't start you know start doing seminars or talks or something else if that is what you feel more called to. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, i totally hear that and even for me i just graduated and i'm like do i really want to do one-on-one clients right now and it just seems really it's i mean from the few experiences that you have during school it seems very overwhelming and kind of like emotionally draining and physically draining having one-on-one clients. Is that, what do you find? Do you find that that's true or do you kind of get in a groove and does it get easier the longer you do it?
1: I truly feel like it gets so much easier. Like every client, like after your first like three, you're just like, oh, I got this. And I actually do find it the most energizing work. Like it's so interesting. I can be exhausted and then I'll go into a client meeting, like a one-on-one session and I come out just like reinvigorated and alive. And and I do just feel so much more energized because it's like such a beautiful energy exchange when you're working with someone and 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 talking about something you're so passionate about and educated and, and really healing. Hearing what's going on for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I do find it, uh, it. It's so, so rewarding.
0: <laughs> um, I love to hear that. Okay, that makes me feel a lot better. And I totally understand or could see why that would be energizing because you're talking about something that you love and you're teaching someone. And I'm sure that also gets them very motivated to, to be engaged with someone teaching them these things. So um you sound like a great nutritionist. So oh, that's amazing. You're too sweet.
1: <laughs> thank you. And Emily, I, I'm a hundred percent sure you'll you'll be so good at this. Like don't even worry. Oh, thank
0: you. I there was teachers that would always say like, you know more than you think. And mm-hmm. you know sometimes you need like this confidence boost or you need just kind of to be reminded that you know more than the average person. And in today, actually, I was listening to a podcast. And basically, what she said, it was Amy Porterfield. She was like, all you need is like 10% more knowledge than your client because you're already ahead of them. And even that 10% can really change someone's life. Do you kind of agree with that?
1: Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. And I think the problem is like we know like – 80% more than the average person. So in mm-hmm. our mind it's like, "Oh my goodness, like where like what you know, maybe I yeah. don't know anything, maybe I know too much." And and I think that's like one of the most important things that I've learned about working one-on-one with people. It's like you don't need to like necessarily like teach them your the the entire nutrition school education that you learned over however long you've studied for in in your few sessions like you need to and like that's kind of like the fun part as a nutritionist it's like okay what part like does this client need how can i um, best communicate to them what what I want to what I think they need to know and what they're asking for. So, mm-hmm. I think yeah, that 10% rule that's a great a great rule of thumb and I'm I'm certain that anyone who's graduated nutrition school knows so much
0: more than the average totally. person in the public about nutrition. So, totally agree with that. And do you have So, I guess I have a couple questions here. When you are focusing on a client and you just had a meeting with them, do you I've also heard that you shouldn't be putting all of your, obviously all your, all your information into like one protocol. How do you space out your protocol? Like, do you focus, like, like how slow do you take it? Do you say, okay, I really want you to focus on cooking whole foods this week, or like, I really want you to focus on sleep. Like how much do you give them? Does it depend on the client or do you, is it kind of the same for every client?
1: Definitely depends on the client. And I think that's also like the beauty and both like the the fun part and the challenging part is figuring out like, okay, what does this client really need? And I think it just so much comes from listening. And, and a lot of the time too, I've learned like, oh, okay, like, you know, this client actually just sounds super stressed out and overwhelmed. And I think mm-hmm. like, they do need to take it slow, and and you know, giving them some new recipes and you know, a, like a certain different tips about what they're really working on for the health can make like immense changes within you know a few weeks. So I think that's something I I always try to remind myself when I'm working with clients. And I think one of the best things I started doing is um, after our initial or during our initial session, when I'm you know really going over the intake forms and things like that always at the end I ask every client it's like okay well what do you need from me and like what would make working together the most rewarding for you and it's so such a great question because so many people say different things like um, some clients are like like Megan please like educate me like I'm I'm working with you because I didn't learn this in school and I want to know mm-hmm. and other people are like you know what I I really just need some recipes I have a family like I need to know what to be feeding my kids like please just you know give give me some general ideas with that or like there's so many different um, w- like ways people really want support from you and and I think it's so important to, to kind of fees out uh, what, what you want to give them and, and how you can support them best.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that question of just straight up asking like what do you expect from our meetings together? I think that's so smart and brilliant and anyone <laughs> listening who's going to work with clients should definitely have that on their intake form. Um, yeah. Do you recommend, I know you mentioned, we chatted earlier about working in a clinic and um, you don't now. So do you recommend, can you talk about like working in a clinic versus running your own business? Is it worth starting out in a clinic to get that experience? Or, you know, let's say right now, there's not a lot of opportunity to get into a clinic because of COVID and all these things happening. Mm -hmm. Um, Is it okay to start online? Is that, or would you recommend trying to really get in the door somewhere at a clinic
1: yeah again i think this is so dependent on the nutritionist. So for whoever's listening, it's like, I think go towards your lean. You know, if, if a clinic really excites you and and that w- feels a bit safer or just like a, a better option, then definitely like pursue those opportunities. But if you're someone who's, you know, like super savvy and business savvy and is just like, you know what, like I got this. I want to like go out and do it, do it my own way. Um, then, then that's an awesome option too. Uh, mm-hmm. For myself, I honestly like, I couldn't have been more grateful how things just sort of aligned. Once I got the push from from those people I mentioned in my life who were like, Megan, just just go do this. Like it was so cool. I I um like a few things kind of fell into place. Um, one of them being that my best friend Cisley, for any of the people in the wellness world, you might know her uh her uh Instagram's the pure life. And we we actually went to school together and she um she actually got asked to, to work at a liquid detox retreat on Bowen Island as the main nutritionist there. And she needed a a partner to work with. And so she's like, Megan, do you want to do this with me? So that was like the first thing where I was like, okay, perfect. Like I can start here. And one of the women who were at that retreat knew another person who was looking for a nutritionist for their clinic. And she recommended, um, me and, um, and Cicely. And then um, it ended up being like Cicely had already kind of like started her own you know, individual business. And so it was like the perfect opportunity for me. And I had an interview and the owner of the clinic was just like, yeah, you're like, this is perfect. Like we really want to hire you. So it was just like, everything just was like super seamless. And I think that was for me kind of like the universal sign of like, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I'm on the right path. And it was such a like, just like, wow, like this is Pretty, like magical that, that things are working out. And it was definitely the right decision for me at the time because like, I, yeah, I got way more experience, like working with clients and also just like seeing like the business, how they ran their business. Um, gave me a lot of inspiration when I did eventually go off and, and start being fully freelance. Um, but yeah, again, there's like there's no right or wrong way. And I think this is like, again, the beauty and the challenge of this career path. It's like, you sort of have to forge your own way and, and you can do anything, you know?
0: Totally. And I love that you said the universe aligns because when you enter this industry and you're living your truth, things just pop up and happen. And that's the beauty of it. I totally agree. And that's amazing. So you got experience in a clinic. And then when did you decide you were ready to um, start your own thing?
1: Yeah. So it was, uh, it was again, just kind of super, super aligned. I don't want to sound (laughs)
0: like I'm a crazy person
1: that everything's just so aligned, but, but um, it really worked out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It was just it really it all kinda of came together because I at the point I was living in in Vancouver and um Luke uh, was living on Salt Spring and we like we were really ready to like stop doing long distance and I was also really ready to have a garden um and start growing my own food and, and things like that. So it was kind of like the perfect time where like I was feeling really ready to move to Salt Spring and I was also really ready to to go off on my own, um, as a nutritionist. And it felt like the perfect opportunity, um, rather, you know, than, than trying to like find another option mm-hmm. or whatever. It's just like, okay, no, I need to, to kind of start my own business, um, that way. So yeah, I, everything, everything just sort of fell, fell into place and I, I redid my website and, and started to get a lot, uh, yeah, just, just more inspiration that it, that it was time to, to go for it.
0: Mm-hmm. I love that. That's amazing. And so when it comes to finding clients, are your streams usually from your social media platforms or is it like friends and family or do you have any, or is it from like hosting your workshops? How do you secure clients?
1: All of the above. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would say for sure. Like it, it's, it's so interesting and I always find it so fascinating of like how clients actually do come. Um, And I'm still learning so much. Like, I guess, yeah, I graduated in 2016. So it's like, it's, it's a slow learn of like, okay, that actually worked really well when I like, you know, did that workshop and focus on that specific thing. And then, or like, you know, if you start kind of being more specific about what you're talking on your social media platforms, then people like start to catch on of like, oh, okay, like Megan seems to really know about this. And, and it's funny because I'm really struggling with that. And, and then they'll be, you know, more inclined to reach out to you. And, and that's something, I'm still working towards is really finding, you know, like that exact niche that of people that I want to focus on. But, but for now it's, it's been just such a good balance of finding, um, yeah, people like, again, at the beginning, it was so much friends and family and and referrals and things like that. And, and then, and then the workshops have really helped. And, and now, yeah, I would say lots from, or, or more from kind of social media, Instagram and, and word of mouth is huge.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Can we talk about your, your live workshops that you do? I've seen a couple of them. I haven't got to join one yet, but they look so fun. And can you just talk about how you decide which ones you're going to focus on? Or do you have a strategy around that? Absolutely. Um, actually, I should say absolutely,
1: because I can't say it's like a super clear and concise strategy. But um, I'd say... Yeah. So what happened um when Cicely and I were doing these liquid detox retreats, we realized like, okay, we love working together and we we kind of like just like found found this groove where it's like, okay, this is going really well. And we wanted to sort of again branch out and instead of being hired by someone to do the retreats, we wanted to sort of do our own thing. So we came up of, with the idea of doing workshops together and and then eventually Cicely went traveling and I started to do them on my own. And then I started to do them with another nutritionist, Jordan from Bruce's Roots. Mm-hmm. And and I think what what we, we'd we always just sort of pick topics, again, like sort of sometimes like seasonal um, and just like, okay, spring, we wanted to do one in detox or um, just different things. But I'd say we – we sort of just found the common thread of like, what, what are people dealing with? So, you know, doing one on inflammation, one on gut health, um, doing like one one in the summer we did it on like summer beauty foods and and things like that. So there's always, yeah, I'd say like I'm because I am such a seasonal food person, I I do like to kind of work with the seasons and what people are going with are going through. And yeah, also you once you start working with people, you realize like the common thread. It's like, okay, a lot of people are really low in energy. So let's do one on energy or, Mm -hmm. you know, and and I would say also one of the best things for anyone who is interested in doing workshops, it's like talk like do your first one about like what you've overcome with your health challenges or what lights you up the most you know and I think mm-hmm. that is always the best place
0: to start. Totally that all makes so much sense and how often do you think is like do you have a momentum like do you do a, um, a free workshop like monthly or bi-weekly or do you have a strategy around how often you do them?
1: Yeah, so when when we were doing them live, it would be like around like every other month, kind of thing, or every six weeks, and then now um, because of COVID, I've I've definitely been kind of transitioning to the online workshops, which have been super cool because, I mean, I've been getting my family from Toronto to be able to come and people from all over the world, uh, so that's been really fun. But I'd say, yeah, doing them on my own online, it's so much easier to just kind of do do more. So I probably do one every like three weeks. Um... <laughs> and yeah I like to rotate like because again I am doing them from the cabin like I did like my first one was on like how to make sauerkraut and that's really fun because everyone can be in their own kitchen you know watching you make sauerkraut and doing it with you so that's been actually a cool a cool thing to to be able to do and and yeah I'd say like you want to you want to do it a con- consistent amount so people because like it's funny like once you start doing them you'll get so many friends and different people reach out to you and be like oh those sound really cool I'll come to the next one you know and like (laughs) oh maybe the next one so like it's funny because like people yeah like if you do enough eventually people are gonna you know keep coming come back or new new people will come so
0: Mm -hmm, totally and yes like COVID has been such a struggle and transition for a lot of people do you find and I'm assuming you're all virtual now with your clients um is that has that helped you out in any ways, or have you how have you had to adjust your um, like your business?
1: Yeah, I honestly feel so fortunate um, because I know like COVID has been so um, life altering for so many people, and and I've definitely have been affected, like not doing any in person one on one sessions or workshops. But it's also been such a beautiful time, yeah, to be creative and and learn what I can do differently for my business and. Uh, I would say like it's probably actually been net positive although I do really miss having that like face-to-face interaction and like mm-hmm. there's something about you know doing a workshop like a hands-on like meal prep or food prep workshop where you could actually just like see people and talk and, and doing it behind a screen can be a bit lonely sometimes because like you're not sure like people are laughing or like you you don't get that oh, same yeah. engagement you know yeah. um and so, yeah, but but in general, like it's it's been good to be able to kind of adapt and, and easily do everything now, you know, one-on-one clients through Zoom, um, do the workso- workshops through Zoom. And it's also, I feel super fortunate because I get to stay home way more, work in the garden, make delicious recipes, you know, like all that kind of stuff. So it's it's been nice to just feel really grounded at home and, and have an opportunity to be a bit more creative here.
0: Mm-hmm. I totally hear that. And you guys, if you don't follow Meg on Instagram, you need to. Her garden is beautiful. Her veggies look so good. Yours, so, you like you make me want to live in a beautiful garden space area. Right now, I'm in downtown Vancouver and I have absolutely no space. And so it brings me to my next question. Yeah. It is how. Well, we're going to get into this later. I actually have one more question about clients, and then we're going to get into garden lifestyle and our food system. But just one more question. Do you have a strategy for when you take on new clients? Like, do you wait to the beginning of each month, or do you just accept clients whenever they're ready?
1: Yeah, so I've... I know a lot of nutritionists do do that route where kind of beginning of the month, okay, I'm accepting three new clients, that kind of thing. But for me, it's actually just worked out to kind of let people come. And it's been a steady flow that way where it's like it hasn't ever been like too overwhelming where it's like, okay, I I can't. Do do this. It's sort of flown again, really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say for, for people who do want to go that route of of accepting, you know, a certain clients at the beginning of the month, that I I think people have really good success with it. So maybe I don't have the, the best advice for that because I've I've never done it. But um, yeah, I'd say like just try out different things and and uh, and see what works.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. And do you have any? like strategies for generating income besides clients.
1: Yeah, so for me, I I would say it's interesting and and this is something I talk with with a lot of my nutritionist friends about. It's like you first of all got to be like pretty creative when you are being a freelancer and you also do I mean you don't need it but I think it's super helpful to have multiple revenue streams um and and try out different things. So for myself yeah the one-on-one coaching is is one of my most favorite things and I think it's also a great opportunity to be able to make um Really good money from doing it, um, but then other things I do, it would be like the workshops. Obviously, um, the online ones, it's hard to make as much money because, like, when you're doing them in person, we would be getting tons of sponsors, so everyone would get like a goodie bag to take home, and we'd provide food, and and it just feels like you can you can definitely charge a little more than mm-hmm. than people just sitting behind their screen kind of thing. Uh, but that, that's that been a really awesome source of revenue for me and, or income. And then um, I really also have enjoyed doing brand collaboration. So working with awesome companies, creating recipes, writing blog posts, all of that kind of thing, um, which has been really fun and then another one is I started, uh, which you mentioned at the beginning there, my next level nourish program, which I decided to do like a monthly membership program. So I started, it's now $22 a month. So people can sign up, you pay, you pay your monthly fee. I add new topics and, and, um, they, you know, like they can kind of, stop stop their membership whenever they want but the the goal is for people to stay on mm-hmm. and and really go through the topics really well and that's been super good it's been a really good learning opportunity i don't think i would do it again or if i did i would do it really differently um just because i find the amount of work is is quite uh, hefty for for what you're actually making because I think I did choose that really low price point to try to make it accessible to as many people and mm-hmm. and I just kind of you know it's so hard you still have to always figure out your scaling and things like that but it's it's been a really uh cool way to be able to work with so many people and and um, I've gotten really good feedback from it and I think people are learning a lot so that's been a, an interesting one and yeah I do hope one day to to be able to start you know, like a, like, because here we are on Salt Spring, like, I would love to start some sort of, um, food company with some of the food we grow or, uh, you know what I mean? So something like that, I've got a few things in mind. So I'm, I'm also excited for, for that down the road.
0: Oh, I'm excited too. I can't wait to see what that project is about. I, you and food, anything I feel like is going to be amazing. So oh. keep me posted on that. Absolutely. I love the membership idea too. I think having a subscription site is so smart. It's almost like passive income because mm-hmm. yeah, like you don't really need to be selling someone at all times. like if they just sign up for once a month, then it's you know it's easy. So um, but you said it's it's a lot more work than you anticipated.
1: Maybe a little bit, but now it's it's evening off because I think at the beginning, like I, I provide videos for it and eBooks for each topic. So I was like learning how to edit videos and I was, you know, like making all these eBooks and making all the content, but I've really kind of like nailed down how to do it. And I'm going to stop adding content soon and just say like, you know, because now there's definitely like a, enough topics that someone would want to stay on for multiple months just to, to get through all the topics. Uh, but I think, I think in full full disclosure that like my price point was probably too low. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, it was just like, so trial and error and it's like, I did want to, you know, get as many people involved as I could. And especially because it, I launched it like right as COVID started. So I was like, okay, I know not a ton of people have lots of money to spend on their nutrition and there is like a food growing component to the, to the program. So I, and I, everyone was just like, yes, I want to start growing food. So I, I just wanted to get it out there, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, I think, yeah, it's like, that's something so important as a nutritionist and I'm still learning, but like, I can't um, kind of emphasize it enough for all the nutritionists listening. It's like, don't undervalue your work and your worth, you know, and like people will always try to get you to do stuff for free or for such a minimum payment and at the beginning it might be okay if if you really feel like you want the experience or whatever but it's like know when to stop and and set those boundaries and be like you know what I don't do free work this is my rate you know you're worth it and I think it's just like only energetically it's like the best thing you can do like more people will will come when you do set your rates at a price that you feel fairly compensated for or else it does get draining
0: Mm-hmm. I totally hear that, and who's to say you can't reevaluate your price point and your membership? You know, if you felt like doing that, you totally could do that.
1: Oh, thanks, girl! Good, good
0: advice. I love yeah, it. Always <laughs> evolve, and I think that's what's so beautiful about you know, being an entrepreneur in this space is that you're always learning and you can certainly evolve. And if you're not embarrassed at your first attempt, like, you know, two years ago, then you weren't doing something right. So if you're just struggling right now and you don't know where to begin or like you just launched your website, but it's not beautiful, just keep going at it. And then you will be in a space like Meg with a membership site and supportive clients. And you clearly have, it down like you you show up every day in your community and you're so just lovely to watch and you're always posting amazing recipes so yeah just keep at it and you will get somewhere.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's such good advice. It's so true. And thank you and I, and on that note, like honestly, like I in the since I've started, so it's always been 4 years. It's like I've launched two different websites and I look at my first one and I was like, what was I doing? Like I had no personality. <laughs> like no, it was just so bare bones and basic, but it's like I needed to just get something out there, right? Yeah. And and then like same thing like I'll look back on like cuz I I actually just got like super into making recipes. Like I've always been, you know, so down to be baking and cooking and things like that. Um, uh, but the food, food fo- photography component was new, but it was kind of like one of the clear things, not saying that all nutritionists need to be food photographers, but for me it was like, okay, I love making recipes. I want to share healthy recipes. um, And, and like, I, I love the like creative element of it. So like at first I was like, oh, but I'm going to hate taking photos of them. And it just felt so like, oh, just another person taking photos of food. Mm -hmm. And I look back at like the, what the, you know, where, where I started. And I, I, like you said, it's like, I'm fully embarrassed. Like, how did I ever think that looked appetizing? (laughs) You know what I mean? But, but it's like, you just have to start somewhere. And it's like, it's so beautiful just to like put out into the world, like wherever you're at. And it's like we're, we're our own worst critics, you know, and we're always going to be so hard on ourselves, but it's like this, this career isn't about perfectionism. It's about like, get like inspiring people and like, Mm -hmm. you know, offering what, what you want to give.
0: Totally agree. And no one go look on my website recipes because those are embarrassing. (laughs) No way. I'm sure they're Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) That photo of your overnight oats, was that your original photo? yeah yeah oh my god so beautiful today Aww. i was on unsplash so if there's anyone who just does not like photography you can use unsplash for free photos and i was mm-hmm. like meg should be posting photos on here unless you don't want people using your photos obviously but i was, yeah, I was blown away by that photo and i'm definitely trying those overnight oats myself so thank you for sharing that recipe
1: amazing you're so welcome yeah they're a good one I like blend blend for anyone who doesn't know um I do like the almond milk and blend it in the blender with a banana so you kind of make this like banana milk and then put put the oats and chia and I, and I use strawberries in it and it's a super good one.
0: Oh my god so good I can't wait to try it <laughs> Yay! So we're gonna switch gears a bit. Meg is very passionate about our food system and gardening, if you couldn't already tell. And um, she made a move to Salt Spring Island from downtown Vancouver. So I would love to hear your experience about moving from downtown Vancouver to Salt Spring and going from you know apartment living to having your own luscious garden. What has been that? What has that been like?
1: Yeah, it's been it's been a great process. Actually, it's been so many ups and downs and highs and lows. And and I'd be lying if I didn't say like some days I'm like, what the heck did I do or feel like I really miss like my Vancouver wellness community and my friends and, and just like the buzz of the city sometimes are like all the good coffee shops and restaurants and that kind of stuff. But it was sort of like I said, just kind of like a no brainer. Um, for me, yeah, growing food is is something that I'm so passionate about. And, and it, it, it kind of started the passion or the little spark started when I was in nutrition school, just like learning about our food system and the environment. And it just kind of seemed like, okay, if I'm really going to like do this as nutritious, I want to like get connected to my food, you know, so I can teach other people how to as well. Um, but yeah, I would say like, so it's been almost a year and a half now that I've been living on the island and, and it's super fun and hilarious. And it's just so like like such a beautiful place and so quirky and funny and like like our life is is so funny like we live in this tiny little cabin that that Luke built it's like 250 square feet and I have the t- like tiniest little kitchen we have a a toaster uh, well it's a really I can't call it a toaster oven because it's a nice like wolf oven but it's like <laughs> essentially the size of a toaster oven um, we have a mini fridge we have like a two two stovetop burner and I somehow like do manage to just like pump out all the recipes and and things like that and uh, yeah it's it's great and it's It's so unconventional, but I love it.
0: Okay, that is honestly a cookbook in itself. Like (laughs) you need to make a some type of something that incorporates your lifestyle and the amazing recipes that you create. Like if you can make these beautiful recipes in a very simple kitchen, then anyone can do anyone can cook right like it's not about it's not about having a fancy kitchen it's about having the right ingredients and you know having the skills to make something so true so yeah that's incredible I love your story and I think that's so inspiring and um, you should do like a little kitchen tour one day or something on your blog but I don't know if you've thought of doing that
1: no, it's a great idea. i I'd see it like, again, I say it's not about perfectionism. And and then I look around our kitchen, and I'm just like, Oh, there's so many things that I would need to, you know, to fix up because it's like, I mean, I, I have so much food, you know, like mm-hmm. all the different baking stuff and whatnot. So it's like, I feel like our kitchen is constantly like flooding over. Uh, but I will definitely do our tour one day. I've been meaning
0: to for a while. So yeah, I thought, think- yeah, no, you totally should. And I, I think that just having it be like super raw and authentic and like, you know, not staged would be even more, I think people would love to see that. I, I would love to see it. And I don't know, you could do like a, what I eat in a day or like what, you know, I don't know if you make videos, but that could be kind of cute to do. But anyway, I love it. I'll do it just for you. Abby. At Thank least you. I'll, know, I'll know you'll enjoy it. So. Oh, I love that. And so what's it like living In this 250 square foot apartment with your partner, does he also work from home or is he out and about?
1: Yeah. Uh, he also works from home. He is a folk musician. Um, so sometimes he's on the road touring, but obviously right now with COVID, that is not the case whatsoever. Uh, so yeah, it's, I mean, he's like the nicest, sweetest human. Um, Emily got to hear him this before we were setting up the podcast. He's like doing my microphone because of course he has all the good microphones and, and knows how to work them all and stuff. Um, but okay. yeah, it's, it's yeah, it was, it's been so great. Um and yeah, we love like working in the garden together. And I feel like we're so complementary. like everything that like I love weeding and then he loves doing all the like digging and, and, you know, harvesting and different things like that. So it's, it's just sort of funny that we do, we do are such a good match in that way. But honestly, some days it's so hard. And and I'm sure anyone who's listening to this, like whether you live in a 250 square foot cabin or like a 600 square foot apartment in Vancouver, whatever it is, like and being right you know home with our partners especially a lot right now or roommates or whoever it is like it's it has its moments and uh, yeah we we Luke's also so good because he always tells me like he can tell when I like really need my space so then he'll like be like okay I'm just gonna go to friends and I'll be gone all afternoon and and that's really really helpful and I think that's like your our saving grace is just like that he's so good at giving me space and and I try to do the same although I feel like he's way better at like being outside whereas like I'm just like oh I want to be in the kitchen or like <laughs> You know, I I need yeah. that like grounded time at home. Um, yeah, and like and some days too, like depends on my time of month. I feel like I'm extra
0: like, oh, get out of here, like, you know.
1: Totally. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, I, I hear you. My partner works from home as well, and he's on in meetings all day, and yeah, it's been it's been a. It's been a good test actually and i think that any couple who survives COVID is pretty solid so if you have then congratulations everyone
1: absolutely and if you haven't you know what that's okay too because i think it just like it it like this COVID situation has been so intense and it's it also has. like expedited a lot of things for us and like it's like shown a lot of people in their life like what's working what's not and and i think it's just so important to remember that like even though it's been a global pandemic and and people things are so different it's like all the laws of the universe are still happening and like you know like we there still can be beautiful energy and mm-hmm. and miracles happening whether it it looks a little different you know
0: I totally agree with that so if you don't have a garden to grow your own food in and but you want to is there anything that you can grow in you know, your little apartment in downtown Vancouver or like on your windowsill? Is that something that you could do? or what herbs could you do that with?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I love that question. Cause I think it's, it's something I always try to be so aware of because like, I do have the ability right now to grow a ton of food uh, based on where we live. But my goal is not to, you know, tell everyone like, yeah, you need to move to rurally and, and grow absolutely everything. Like great if you want to, but some people I know that's just not possible right now or just not, not what their calling is. So um, I think I always encourage people like even like working with clients and stuff like that. um, It's like just grow an herb, like literally grow an herb on your windowsill, whether it's mint or basil. um, Like those are two really awesome options to grow. Or Mm -hmm. if you do have like a little patio um in your apartment grow kale like kale is like the absolute easiest thing to grow it's you can grow it in sun or shade it doesn't like it doesn't need like a ton of space um like i'd say usually just like around like eight to twelve inches uh deep to like be able to like of a depth of pot just so that the roots can get down there but it's so easy and then you can continually harvest it's not something like um like a pepper if you grow a pepper plant it's like you harvest your few peppers and then not that many grow back you know whereas like Mm -hmm. kale will just continually keep pumping out if you do harvest it uh to to allow that to happen so yeah I would say those are kind of my two to either grow a mint or a basil plant or a kale plant um and you're good to go and I think just like energetically too that it's a beautiful act of just like like first of all, just being around the soil is amazing, even if it is just a little patio planter and and all the goodness that that plants do give off um in our air and it's also just like that one like step closer of getting connected to your food and where where it comes from
0: totally and I'm going to go get a basil plant right now can so if you're just at the market and you see one of those cute little basil plants that you can buy in a potter, does that work, or do you recommend like going to a actual garden shop and getting like starting from scratch.
1: No, no. Take advantage of the easiness. Yeah. Yeah. Get the, get the one from the uh, grocery store that, that is, and you can always transplant it to a bigger pot Mm -hmm. and the bigger the pot, like the bigger it will likely grow if you, if you add more soil and you can just get a good organic potting soil from a garden center or something. But yeah, start small. I think, I think we, like people get really deterred away from trying to grow their own food or even growing plants um, because it does seem like a lot of work or, or whatever, but but do yourself a favor. And just just start small and go for it. And and I think it's funny too, because I, I hear so many people say like, oh, I kill everything if I look at it or I have a black thumb <laughs> And like, I'm just like, don't worry, like the pl- it's a plant's job to grow. Like you just need to give it a little bit of water, a little bit of love. Like it's like, we I think we put so much pressure on ourselves and it's like that sometimes like messes us up more you know so just give it a bit
0: of water make sure it's in sun if it's a basil plant um and you're good to go okay because I've had a basil plant before and maybe you're not supposed to do this but I like chop off all the leaves and they don't grow back it's because it's not in the sun
1: it could be because it's not in the sun. Okay. Um, yeah, or if you're not giving enough water. Um, and then also it's kind of funny, like the way you harvest things. And so that's why I mentioned like when I when I said the kale, it's like if you harvest it the right way, it will grow back. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, because like most plants, like kale is such a good example where it grows from the the inside that's where all the new growth is so i always tell people when you're you know harvesting your kale plants or even basil like instead of just like cutting everything like straight off like just harvest the individual leaves and never harvest that, harvest that like little like um Kind of like center thing mm-hmm. that's kind of looking like a bud or a flower. Don't take those off because that's where all the new growths coming from. Right. Um, so so just take the leaves off would be good, or cut a few of the the stalks, but keep some on.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, good to know. Is there anyone? I mean, obviously you're a great influence in this gardening space, but is there anyone that you would recommend for people who do want to start? You know, planning their own vegetables and they do have space. Um, I know that you offer some things in your membership. Um, So yeah, would you recommend yourself or are there other people too that you would recommend to look to for inspiration?
1: Um, Yeah, so I... I mean, sure. Yeah. I'd recommend myself. <laughs> uh, but also I'd say like my, my part of, uh, the next level nourish program is like quite introductory. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but it's a, it's a really good start just to get the basics. Okay. Um, and I'm actually next spring. I haven't, I haven't told anyone this yet, but I'm going to put out like a full comprehensive, like, you know, how to start growing your own food course, like online course. Oh my God, and I'm going to film that. it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. And I'm going to film it this summer because what I ran into the issue of like trying to film it in the spring when nothing's growing. And how do I show people how to harvest right. when there's like, you know, my garden's not ready. So I'm, I'm excited. We're going to do it at the end of August. Um, I have an amazing filmmaker that's going to help me record it or film it all. Um, so I'm super excited for that. So maybe if you do want to use my resources, you can hold out till spring. But um, actually, who is the biggest inspiration for me was a woman named Linda Gilk Gilkison. And I don't know if you have show notes, but I could always send you, send you her contact and you could put in, in her. And she's, um, yeah, she's this amazing woman. Um, An older woman, I'm not sure how old she is, but she's kind of like a veteran gardener and she lives on Salt Spring, which is super cool. But she's written a book called Backyard Bounty. Um, and it's specifically designed for people with like backyard gardens in the Pacific Northwest and like literally like it's like our Bible here. Like we read it like uh, in spring, I read it daily just to like refresh myself on everything. And she's so full of wisdom and knowledge. And yeah, that's that's just been such a help for us. And then I also did. Um, a regenerative gardening course with this kind of organization, non-for-profit organization called Kiss the Ground. And it was super helpful as well. Um, It is a California based organization. So I did notice like some of this, it wasn't as like relatable based on the seasons, uh, but it just is like such a good foundation about like what actually is healthy soil and like what are, what is our job as a gardener and like what is actually just like nature's job. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that one was really inspirational for me as well.
0: Okay, I will definitely put both of those in the show notes. And also, congratulations! That course sounds incredible. I'm so excited for you.
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited uh, to to just like get into it, and it's going to be really fun. I've never like worked on a project actually like this. It's with such a long time scale. like the thought of like filming it now and then putting it out like in 2021. It's just like, I know lots of people do that, but for me, it's just like, oh yeah, like this is going to be a fun, a fun thing. So I'm, I'm going to like really, you know, do my best to, to kind of set myself up for success in all the ways of how to market it. And, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm excited.
0: Oh my God, you're so smart too to for doing an online course because that is that's a source of passive income. Plus, you're doing something that you love, so I'm so so happy for you, and I'm so excited for that course. It's going to be amazing. Can you Thanks, talk? Emily. You're welcome. Can you talk about our food system and why it's so important to grow your own food if you do if you can?
1: Yeah. So I would just say, I mean, there's so many different angles and mm-hmm. aspects you could look at it from it. Um, I would say, first of all, just from a health perspective, it truly is like just getting in contact with the soil is like one of the most important things we can all be doing. Um, just like all the healthy bacteria, you know, found in the soil, if we're, we're touching that, it's just like, you know, breathing it in, it becomes a part of our microbiome, which is just so fascinating. And um, a, a guy named Dr. Zach Bush, he has so much information on it. Like, just like the most brilliant doctor that kind of talks so much about like the connection between like our health health in the soil and even like growing your own food and things like that. Um, so yeah, I'd say that's a huge aspect. And then when when we are starting to talk about our microbiome and getting all the you know goodness from eating eating uh, plants that we're growing in healthy, diverse soil, and and we're also touching it and breathing it in and all that, that goes on to feed all the bacteria in, in our microbiomes. Um, which yeah, I, all of us who have graduated nutrition school know that like microbiome is just so important with gut health and and everything like that that goes on to affect our mental health, mental health and our immunity and. And, um, you know, we could go on and on about that. Um, so, yeah, from a health pr- perspective, that's super important. And then also just like, I-, I mean, I I was talking about it today, just like the-, the lack of diversity in our diets is actually crazy. Like, even if you are quite conscious about, you know, going to your Whole Foods and buying that, like, organic kale. Um, it's like more often than not, we're getting kale that's shipped from California and it's all the same, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of monocrop, like all been grown in this identical field with the same soil. And, you know, if it's organic, it still might have like organic pesticides, like Mm -hmm. obviously not chemical based, but ones that, you know, still are harming the soil. Um, so I think just like, yeah, kind of taking your health in your own hands of like getting in that diversity is, is super, super cool too. Um, and then also just yeah, like even just the act of gardening is so good for your mental health. Like I notice, like sometimes like I'll start to feel you know stressed in the day, like oh I have so much work to do after my emails, but sometimes like the garden. Like it, t- it can take priority sometimes, where it's like, oh shoot! But we need to like get this in the ground or or get that. And and the minute I like just like get into the garden, and you know, you spend your hour in there, it's just like I feel like a new person, and I'm so much more energized to then show up for my nutrition clients and my work and and things like that.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. So it's basically like free therapy, and it makes you healthier. So everyone should get Absolutely. a garden. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so true.
0: Oh, I love that. Do you make me want to move to Salt Spring and? Grow a garden, so maybe oh, one day. Yeah, oh, like, do it. I need friends. <laughs> honestly, yeah, My partner Damien he's so keen to move out into the islands one day, and I'm like, I'm from California, so that would be such a different life for me. But I'm here. I feel like I could, I could thrive out there.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. That's well so cool. I didn't know you were from California.
0: Yeah, I'm from California. I'm from San Francisco. I moved here um, to go to school and to also be with my partner. We, long story, but we met and did long distance, and he's Canadian, so. Um, brought me to Van and brought me to IHN. And like we said earlier, everything kind of aligned the way it should. So now I'm living my truth.
1: <laughs> <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. Okay. Well, you should definitely do a podcast on yourself, I will. like a
0: solo episode. Yeah. Okay. Also, totally. Like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, that'll be like the first trailer episode and then it'll be like all my interviews and stuff. So yeah, for we'll sure do that. Amazing. Um, and then I definitely wanted to touch on, I know we're running out of time, but I definitely wanted to give your free ethical consumer guide a shout out. I've been looking through it. It's mm-hmm. so amazing. And most people probably have no idea that they can be an ethical consumer. You know, we're not trained to these things growing up. So, you know, you grow up in a in a place where you're not exposed to this kind of, you know, these concepts and this way of living and you just have no idea. So, I love that you you uh, created this and it's beautiful and I'm sending it to all my friends and family in California. Like read you guys need to read this. Um, Can you talk about just being an ethical consumer? If you're new to this idea, like little things that you can do in your day to day to just kind of start small.
1: Yes, definitely. And thank you for saying that about the guide. It was, yeah, it was really fun to make. Um, And and I just did want to outline it because I think sometimes, again, in the nutrition world, we get so fixated on talking about, you know, the specific symptoms or things like that. And we forget to look at the big picture that we're all in this together, you know, across the globe. And like our food choices are not only affecting our own gut health and mental health and, and just physical vitality and things like that. They're affecting our communities and they're affecting like global communities. Like when we are buying food from, you know, Mexico and and I mean, we live in su- where we have such a global food system that I think sometimes we fail to, to remember that, you know, that choice to buy that mango, depending on what one you buy can make a big difference in another person's life, you know? So I'd say in terms of yeah, the ethical, like ethical choices to make when it comes to our food system is really to just like educate ourselves on, on where our food is coming from. And, and not to say that we always do need to eat local because I think, I mean, local diets are amazing and I do really advocate for them and, and try myself to eat as local as, you know, like within my means but I I mean I also love things from from different places but I I do just want to always educate myself and and other people on okay well if you are buying I mean like yeah if we're taking for example um like avocados it's like okay well the avocado industry in Mexico has like Mm -hmm. if for anyone who doesn't know it's it's kind of gone to shits and it's like you know the next like blood diamond industry essentially because there's just been you know so it's it's kind of taken off and then there's been just so much uh conflict around it because it is such a, a hot industry there so again not to never buy avocados but it's like let's educate ourselves on mm-hmm. what what farms are we avocado farms are we supporting and how are they you know treating their farmers or like can we support um companies that are have direct relationship with swift farmers and in, in other countries um, and like yeah i'm i'm always just like a big supporter of you know at the minimum purchasing organic food because then we know that farmers that were growing our food haven't had to, you know, been forced into spraying these, you know, heavily heavy toxins and chemicals, pesticides, things like that, that are so harmful for their health. And just like when you look at the stats of, you know, how many deaths are actually related to, to like our food system in terms of just like, you know, direct chemical exposure or just like ourselves. I mean, like we're, you know, we're breaking down our biomes when we're eating the pesticides and things mm-hmm. like that. So I'd say, yeah, to, to kind of wrap up my answer to your question, I'd say just really like educate ourselves and support your small local businesses and, and people from, you know, marginalized communities. I think it's so important. Like I, I love all the messaging right now that's saying support Black owned businesses, support mm-hmm. individuals. Um, Indigenous-owned businesses, and also when we're looking at our more global food system, educate ourselves on on what companies are. Um, like kind of supporting the you know the farmers that they're working with and and ha- can we can we you know make spend that few extra dollars and, and purchase the organic f- thing because that's actually making a huge difference in the farmers across the globe. Um, so yeah, I I think I hope that answers your question.
0: <laughs> totally, and I think that the more awareness we bring to this topic, the better. And it's not talked about enough. I mean, we're not grown up being taught these things. I mean, I certainly <laughs> wasn't. So please keep doing what you're doing and preaching because it definitely is making a difference. And um, if anyone hasn't downloaded her guide, download it. It's amazing. And send it to all your friends and family because it's, we need to do this. And um, it's just so nice to have, you know, to be able to see people like you in the industry, just preaching all of these things that need to be said and, and bring awareness to it. And you do it with such like a fun, graceful way. And I don't know, it's clearly you're very passionate about it. And um, I like that you intertwine it with your gardening and everything that you do. So um, yeah, it's amazing. And it's very just lovely to see. So thank you.
1: Oh, thanks Emily. I really appreciate that. Um, and wh- and one other thing that came to my to mind that I tried to to kind of come across in in the ethical guide is mm-hmm. just like I'd say with one of the easiest steps, especially for for those of us in Vancouver, it's like let's just start shopping at our farmers markets. You mm-hmm. know, because it's like I, I think like that. It sometimes just seems like just like such a basic thing. Or like I know now with right now with COVID, it's like the lineups are quite long to get in. But that's just such a beautiful step, and it's like they're so fun. Like, like talk about good energy like, and like just right? go to a farmers market, you know. <laughs> For sure. um, so yeah, I think I think like you said, it's like we're not educated on these things, and we sometimes don't know how easy these small little swaps in our daily consumption patterns can actually make in in a you know in a global way.
0: Hundred percent, and I'm definitely I haven't been to any um, markets this season yet, but I saw on your Ground this weekend, so I think maybe on Saturday if, are they open on Saturday the one that you went to.
1: Uh yeah. So um Van Van Farmers Markets uh-huh. uh has has an am- amazing website and they have okay. all their posted there but yeah Cicely and I went to the Kits one which is like my favorite because I lived in Kits for so many years and it's just like so nostalgic but that one's on Sunday but the Trout Lake one um, kind of out by Commercial Drive that one is on Saturdays and it's a really fun one as well so yeah definitely but there are some downtown because you said you live downtown so I think mm-hmm. there's a, a one um, on Saturdays downtown so definitely check them out. Mm-hmm. I
0: will for sure and that will be my Saturday this weekend so I'm excited. Yay. Okay good yeah. send
1: us I, I will know. and I'm
0: gonna go a basil plant there and I'm gonna start small <laughs> perfect that's all you need to do that's amazing yeah and it's so like going to a farmer's market's so fun and that's like a fun activity to do and and you're supporting locals so it, oh, that is your everyone's uh, task this weekend is just to go support a farmer's market um well This has been so lovely, Meg. I've had you on for an hour now. I feel like we could be chatting forever. I still have like so many questions for you, but I think that you just brought so much amazing energy to this show. And thank you so much. I just want to make sure everyone knows where to find you. So could you just give everyone um, where your Instagram handle, your website, any, any things that you want to, or any last words that you have as well?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on, Emily. Like I said, it was such an honor to be one of your first guests. And uh, yeah, Emily and I did a an interview together because I guess uh, for IHN, you guys interviewed uh, mm-hmm. people who, who were in the field and, and that was so great to get to know you there. And, and I really just like enjoyed this conversation. And yeah, anytime you have questions or anyone who's listening has questions, please do feel free to reach out um, because I know starting out as a nutritionist is not easy and it's stressful and it like evokes a lot of just like you know, weird feelings of like, okay, can I do this? Am I confident enough? Like, I struggled so much with confidence at the beginning of like, uh, I don't know. Like, everyone who's d- doing this seems so confident. Like, I don't know oh. if I could do that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you just got to start, like you said, start somewhere, and and it will all build. Um, and yeah, to get a to get in touch with me, so my uh, website is Meg DeYoung or De, like it's spelled D E J O N G. So everyone thinks it's DeJong, but oh, it's DeYoung.
0: Yeah. A- yeah.
1: <laughs> No, no, no. Honestly, it's like I should probably just start going by Dijon because like no one knows it's Um, But yeah, nutrition.com. Uh, and then my Instagram is like at Meg young nutrition. So that's nice and consistent there. And my email is Meg Dijon Nutri- yeah, nutrition at gmail.com. So lots of ways to get a hold of me. And yeah, I'd love to hear from anyone if they have further questions. Um, and I just love, I love nutritionists. Like everyone, mm-hmm. <laughs> everyone who's drawn to this deal is so cool so it's really awesome to connect
0: 100 percent. and meg is serious if you have any questions she's so sweet and willing to help and answer any questions so definitely take advantage of that if anyone's listening um i do have two final questions for you that i'm gonna ask all of my guests what is your favorite dish to create for a dinner party
1: Ooh, good one um Oh, this is this is this is a loaded question here, Emily. <laughs> I feel like there's so many different routes I could take. Honestly, I think dinner party because I'm such a vegetable person, I feel like I always have to bring like the best salad ever mm-hmm. just to be sure that like we're all like we all get our quota of vegetables and I love making a good like kale caesar salad. I have a I'm recipe sure. on my website for like an avocado hemp dressing and then I like to do like beet bacon and tempeh and um, cashew parmesan with nutritional yeast so that's kind of like one of one of my faves in terms of dinner party if we were all just like bringing different things to the to the table
0: that That sounds amazing and I'm definitely making that as well sometime in the future and then one more kind of more businessy question since we are entrepreneurs and it's overwhelming and hectic and stressful and you know it, what is your best productivity hack
1: ooh um I mean, this might sound super simple, but the first thing that came to mind is like make a list every single day, um, because yeah, I just find if I don't, I'm I'm not productive at all. Like, I need to have my to do list, and you know, make one for the week, and then hone it in and make it every single day when you wake up. What do I want to accomplish today? Um, and yeah, I think it just it makes such a difference. Um, and I'm sorry if that's that sounds super basic, but it's it really really works for me. And just I'd say also. In terms of productivity, I find it's really hard working from home and not having like clear weekends and weekdays. Like it's very blurry. So like I I like to, I mean, like I still feel like the weekends are so ingrained in me and and I still do enjoy doing a bit of work on the weekends, but I like to be like, like because also living on Salt Spring, like we have lots of people that like we want to come visit and friends. So like I like to always just try to like keep keep that stuff to the weekend. Or if I did have a busy week of doing other stuff, then it's like I need to be working on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So just like be kind of being aware of your schedule and like and uh yeah what what works for you and it's like I think everyone is so different but just just make sure you are like making that solid time to just like create space for yourself because that's often when like the best ideas come even if you know you don't have tons of clients it's like well can you just like sit and and think about like can I make a free e-guide or can I you know like do totally. do different things if if you're not busy right now or not maybe doesn't need to be a free e-guide can you make a, a paid ebook and and all that stuff <laughs>
0: I hope you all enjoyed that episode. I know I did. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to subscribe to Newly Nutrition, the podcast for weekly episodes that will guide you to build the health and wellness business of your dreams. And also make sure to add yourself in the Newly Nutrition Facebook group so we can connect and be wellness besties for life. Bye.